0: To be Saturday. What
1: day is it today? Wednesday. Exactly.
2: Ah! Ah! Welcome to Film Fight Club. I'm Falcon Summer Falcon Screen, and we are joined by Sydney filmmaker Chris Evans. What and f- up? Freelance writer and critic for Nehru. Hello. Now, we are back from Sport Drive. Thank you to everyone who supported 2SER and who particularly supported Film Fight Club and called in during the show. We really do appreciate it. We have got some feedback. Um, from chanel from bankstown and simon from i think it's geelong sometimes sean from geelong excuse me
1: but we also got feedback from someone else and uh in true to CR fashion it's been lost somewhere so barring it turning up before next week's episode um we really apologize but if you'd like to call us back or send (laughs) us an email
0: yes the mystery subscriber or caller or fan or supporter please do reach out to us yeah
2: we're really sorry um, yeah, let us know because we're happy. To, we, we do want to fight about it. The we, feedback we got from Sean from Geelong was to fight for badly about badly Lieutenant Porta Call New Orleans, which we're going to talk about next week as we part of a movie of the week,
1: film of the week. Yeah, we but yeah, the feedback. Pretty I know. Quickly. I know that last week we said we'd get back to the feedback you sent us. The previous week, we we did our best. It was beyond our control.
0: Yeah, the radio waves lost us the, the time machine so, things. So let but us we, know. We
2: actually really want to know what what you had to say yeah. to us. So. And and we'll fight about it. Yeah. Um, so and, and th-
0: welcome back, Len. Actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Thank you. It's for good to it. have you back. It's good to be back. We um, we were a wreck without
0: you. <laughs> yeah.
1: You you're, I, you're, I was you were you were the captain. You were the wind beneath our wings. <laughs> oh, it's-
2: it's actually, it's really lovely. I promise this is the last time there's going to be any friendliness on Film Fight Club for the next oh, 30 minutes. Fighting. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Boom. 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 we it's, it's It's fighting time. So we, are, we do have a full fighting episode. Later in the episode, we're talking about El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, the Breaking Bad movie, because it is the only Breaking Bad movie, which is on Netflix now. But first, we will be talking all things The Art of Self-Defense, which had its Sydney pre- Australian premiere at MIF, had its Sydney premiere at the Underground Film Festival, and is now screening at Golden Age. It's screening once a week, but if you're listening to this now, there's actually a session at 8.30 tonight yeah. in Surrey Hills. Yeah,
1: if you're listening live by the time this show's over, if you live reasonably close, <laughs> you might have
2: time to, to or, make or it. Have access to an Uber, I don't know. Yeah. Or
0: we may have convinced you to actually, you know, jump across town and get to the training in time because exactly. it's so exciting. The art of self-defense.
2: So th- that is the first one we are talking about. It is from director Riley Stearns. It is starring Jesse Eisenberg and our favorite Alessandro Nivola, who played Pollock Stroy in Face Off. There's a nice reference in Face Off to- in this movie. And also David in Disobedience from last year. He's having quite a run lately.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot about David. Actually, He was really good in that. He was really
1: good, actually, in this film.
2: He's probably my favourite thing about this film. Uh, also, it also stars Imogen Poots. It is about a young man called Casey, played by Jesse Eisenberg, which we are constantly reminded is a very feminine name. He works um, in a regular office job. He is assaulted one night by a group of masked persons on motorcycles, and following that, he decides to uh, get engaged in the titular art of self-defence and joins a local dojo run by Alessandro Nivola's ultra-dude sensei. It is a satire of sorts about masculinity and hyper-masculinity?
0: Of sorts, yes. yes of sorts. That's correct. I wouldn't even call it a satire. I don't think it takes itself that seriously. It's quite on the nose.
1: Well, my issue with the film... Maybe we should finish describing No, that. no. no, no I, I think that's a, I think, well, I think it's a fair description. Yeah, my, yeah. We, we okay. haven't given any spoilers away. No. My, my issue with the film is actually that it ping-pongs between taking itself really seriously, I think, in terms of the message it's trying to convey and it's the the comedy... And that does make it an interesting film on some level because some of the humor in this is really, really dumb. It's going for it's almost like a Napoleon Dynamite kind of level of of just dumbass humor, basically. But this film also wants to say something serious about masculinity, and it balances the the humor with ultra violence. I was actually surprised at how violent this film is it's It's really like wince look away kind of stuff.
0: yeah, I mean, the violence kind of takes you by surprise purely because the tonal shifts are so jarring and it just catch you off off guard and
1: i think I think it it's appropriate for the film for the violence to to hit hard because the film is trying to take a stance against uh violence as a way of defining yourself and a a way of making your path through the world. Um, And so it it makes sense to depict the reality of violence. Um, But yeah, it's actually one of the most violent films of the year.
2: I think a distinction has to be drawn here, though. I agree that there are tonal shifts, and I agree it is very jarring, but I think it is to the film's service, because the shifts, unlike most satires, a lot of films like to throw in a giant satire moment, the ones that will screen in the trailer. In this, the satire builds gradually. The tonal shift... um, heightens and that accelerates with the level of violence level of violence yes it is intense at times but it is reflective of the satire which the film is underlining. it doesn't start off with its most outrageous acts but it acclimatizes and reaches the crescendo only at appropriate stages so in terms of the pacing i really appreciated this you don't see a film many films particularly satires and comedies that are so disciplined in building tension in that regard i really appreciated that about this
1: i think it does make the film interesting that it has such a weird clash of tones and elements if in, in many ways i think the film wouldn't be as good if not for the, these kind of tonal shifts
0: i mean i was definitely on my toes trying to figure out what the film was trying to do so actually in that sense it is clever if and you're going to say that. it's distinctive and it is and, and for a long time you're trying to figure out what it's going for and i think for that sense i was not completely sure what the idea was for the most part but then it's Like, there are some moments which you just laugh out loud funny, which I appreciated.
2: Oh, the hyper masculine stuff, the you not only listen to metal now, you must only listen to metal, Casey. It's hilarious. I
1: I did find that stuff funny, but I also found it obvious. Yeah. Some of the, like, I do think this is funny, which is rare for me with uh, uh, American comedy films. You
2: you can't listen to adult contemporary anymore. It's only metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only metal, Casey. Some
1: of that stuff is, is funny, but it's also, like, for a movie that's meant to be on some level, wants us to take it seriously about these themes, some of that stuff was really over the top and maybe like a little bit over underlined. Like yeah. I like I don't think it quite works to have humor be that dumb. Like the Casey character when he decides to I've I bow down to Alessandro Nivola as my as my lord and master, he becomes just so robotically stupid. Is that's the kind of stuff that I'd compare to Napoleon I mean,
2: Dynamite. I, mean, I, I think it's more that you've just seen and obviously, I don't think we mentioned it explicitly, but Casey is obviously played by Jesse Eisenberg, and he's pl- he's played this he's wrote in this in certain extent. He's, he's played this type of role so many times before. Yes, that's definitely the. Part he's of still it. good, but yeah. we, it's just a very familiar trajectory for his sorts of characters.
1: I don't want to um, give away what he does, but the scene where he he comes into his his work and uh, tears things up after he's been instructed in the in the new way of manliness. yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny because it's so stupid, but it's also like. I don't believe that this person's a person anymore. Like it, it's from like a different sort of film. Again, these kind of strange tonal shifts make it interesting, but I, I don't think you can also ask to be taken seriously when you when you're bending characters to that level of absurdity. Of like, like he's an un, he's unthinking, and
0: the the style of humor kind of reminded me a bit of Lanthimos and The Lobster and and you know Killing of Sacred Deer, but how deadpan the way the characters interact sometimes. And they deliberately try to not be human in the way they're speaking, right? Uh, Mm. Especially, there is that scene with the belts, which is hilarious. I think it's the funniest moment in the film.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. That was really funny. Because because it's. it's, it's, (laughs) That was really really really
0: funny. It is so dumb, but it's played so (laughs) deadpan and straight. Yeah. Like, I could not keep a straight face, but, but it's. <laughs> oh, <and laughs> oh, it's it's, it's really so funny. good. It's so, and the
2: person <laughs> the who's, who's it best. It is really at, funny. It's, it's great, and the person who's best at this is Naval. He has such a ridiculous range for um, a really, who he is a really yeah. underappreciated actor, and he brings to every scene a level of intensity which shows that he is taking his role seriously. Yeah. but he knows that this is extremely heightened satire.
1: I want to give the film credit that when it turns into a dark thriller kind of territory, I was actually hooked. I was actually worried for the characters and worried about where things are going. It's uh, on a moment by moment level. I think the film is really well executed and flows surprisingly well given all these tonal shifts.
0: I, I, I think when I started to have problems with it, it was basically with the Imogen Poots track and how you try to sort of really see the consequences of the violence in that sense. And that's when the film, when it's trying to get self serious, I don't think it knows where to pitch it. Mm. And I think that's part of the problem because of so much of it is deadpan, and the deadpan stuff is working so well. And I can see the problem because that is diluting the message it's going for. Because deadpan stuff is so detached from the rest of the film, that can work as a film on its own. And yet, you know, there's scenes which come and go and you kind of feel like, is this a different movie? Because uh, I did feel like that. And then, you know, I had to come back into that mode of thinking, Yeah. you know, I have to connect with these people again. And part of the problem is that, that you don't connect with any of the characters apart from Nivola who is? Oh, no, I think Casey,
2: I was very, Casey was very relatable. I
1: connected with Casey, but I, I do think the film, as I was saying earlier, by bending him into such uh, levels of absurdity does undermine that connection a little bit.
0: I, I didn't. I connected with how Casey was written on paper. I don't think I connected with how Eisenberg played him. I mean, mm. that's part of the problem. He just plays it with such... He plays it like Lex Luthor. In no, I don't Batman. think he does at all. I think he does. No, he, yeah, play, yeah. he plays it like...
2: He has a shtick. It's a rela- It's yes. very relatable. He's someone who works in not a great gig and who is, uh lives in an area which isn't especially safe and is scared for his welfare and feels isolated. That's it's incredibly relatable. And you know what? It Jesse is, Eisenberg, it. and he is cast in a lot of these films for that reason, he is a, is a bit of an everyman.
0: Well, he, it's, he, it's a shtick that's basically the Woody Allen shtick from like, you know... Manhattan and all the okay. other things, neurotic characters where... He's ver-
2: is very different to Cafe Society.
0: Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm not saying that, but the characters Woody Allen used to play in those movies, that's what I'm saying. So it's a bit like that, where he's extremely neurotic, extremely self-aware, sensitive and, you know, effeminate and so, you know, inretentive about that. He's
1: so just kind of like hiding away into his own shell. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, so you understand why why this um,
2: new philosophy that's thrust upon him appeals I'm, I'm sorry you, you, you said he was effeminate is that, am I getting that is that right yeah, yeah. I'm, I disagree I, I disagree with the effeminate. characterization just I just not, think not masculine. masculine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I think there's a distinction that needs to be drawn there
0: no, I think he thinks he is which is why I think he goes um, to the supermasculine no, territory no I just think I just think he's not no, he doesn't I, see I himself there line, as line, ultra dude yeah, sensei. There he wants in, where, to be when he was talking about it I think he thinks I feel I'm effeminate yeah want to get over that right it was that scene where they had an interaction
1: yeah I I do think when when you were talking about the Imogen Poots thing, I think that was a little bit obvious. The way that that, that I didn't really buy that
0: character so much. Or the, the the gender kind of commentary that was going on. I'm like, Whoa. I thought the
1: gender commentary was also was like, it was a little bit too obvious. It was yeah, it was a, too underlined. Um, I don't. I think it, it's getting at something that might be real, but
0: but like even in this film, it felt like it was underdeveloped. It just came out of like you know. Uh, it was
1: very much. Here is my point that I want to make, and, and let me, the like, script is telling it, you
0: the yeah, point. It's pretty much in like that meme. In this essay, I will dot 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 kind of. Thing. I felt like that with her character. Yeah. yeah.
2: Another th- one thing I really appreciated about this is, in terms of its plotting, there is a there are two twists in this movie. We're not going to review what any mm. of them are. The first one could have been treated as a really, oh, ha- aha moment. But I would compare it to something like Point Break, where it, it's smart enough to realize that the audience will get it. I and agree. And just lets the, that you acclimatize it, to it. Yeah. But what it, moreover, what it does is that um, re- hides the subsequent twist. So you're not prepared for it. And the subsequent twist is really good. So it doesn't treat the audience as stupid. Yeah. And you're, I, it's I, world paced. Right. I appreciated
1: positive. that. The way the, rev- the twist, it wasn't just like slam down, here's a twist. Yeah. Um, like another film of recent times, Joker. Oh, Agre- yeah, good, good comparison. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was gradually re- revealing what it was doing, but going and, into and get it. I don't yeah. I don't want to um, give it away, but I think it's fair to compare this film to Fight Club, both in terms of the plot and um, the, the themes that it's addressing, to is, some extent. Is it? But
2: yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, Sure. Yeah, but um, character transforms or try attempts to transform yeah. into. Again, hyper-masculine version of exactly. how he sees what he wants to be. And some of the Navola
1: and, and the character, is is some in some ways, becomes like a Tyler Durden-type figure. Um, it, it's a little bit different, but I think you, it's okay. easy to draw comparisons. Uh, but,
2: the, yeah, the, the third act, there's some interesting parallels. Yeah,
1: but Fight Club, I think, um, is tackling a, some of the same kind of questions about masculinity and uh, coming down critically,
2: which a lot of people who
1: idolized Tyler Durden back in the 2000s, I think, missed. But that, but Fight Club was so much more subtle about it, whereas this film <laughs> think, is really just like it, tell, is, is making its points very, very clear. Um, so I don't think it really helps with the comparison. But, um, you know, Fight Club doesn't have the deadpan humor, so it, it's a different animal to some extent. Um, the, the, but my major issue coming out of this film is that, again, I, I don't want to give too much away, but I think it ultimately ends up a little bit dumb in ways that weren't intended, because for, for like, violence... Still ends up kind of winning the day, and when this film was meant to be a criti- critical of violence, and I thought like surely there was a but it's, it's surely it's going
2: for a tragic ironic note. It's not trying to be uplifting. It's not trying to say this is right.
1: Uh, but, but I'm but not sure. You, I honestly felt like that, that, the that's the impression was, I got. The feeling I got at the end of the was that we were that this was just crowd pleasing. Like the crowd I saw it with just laughed along and seemed seemed fine with it, and basically everything.
0: I, look, I, yeah, I don't I want to give it away. In the yeah, them. you can't you, you can't right. can, can talk about it. But like, mm. I think what Chris is alluding to, and I agree with it. And the problem I have with the film is ultimately that is that it prioritizes the dumb over the smart, and it prioritizes the Yeah, know, the, the audience it, pleasing. The entire note. third act and how it concludes is basically giving the audience Here's, I know what this is what you want yeah. you're going to have your crowd pleasing moment to me, and it's dumb we know it but still it's funny so me, we're going to go
1: for it me it kind of went by about you know violence and games of masculine dominance are bad but it's okay if someone righteously wronged does it so, so, so you know it was
0: like hey Cobra Kai right yeah <laughs> I
1: felt like it undermined its own point ultimately
2: so that is The Art of Self-Defense. It is screening 8.30 to 9 at Golden Age, Sydney, as well as next Friday, the 8th of November and Sunday, the 17th. I'd recommend seeing it. I, kn- I like it.
0: Yeah, it, it's a fun movie. It gives you a lot to talk about, which is what movies should do, but they don't, so, you know. And
1: it's it, it's interesting in the way that it mixes in a bunch of genres and takes risks in the, in the tonal shifts, and it is funny. I, I don't think it's a great movie, but I think it's good. Glenn, Glenn, I think liked it more than me because he didn't have some of the same it's issues. This year, yeah, I did. I, I, I
2: honestly, no, I think far from it. I honestly, I wish I'd seen it in a crowd. I think right. it would have been. It's a great one to catch with a guru of people. Yeah, that's true. So we will be back in a moment talking all things El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Brendan from the
1: Teskey Brothers, and we want to wish two Ser a very happy fortieth birthday. Cheers, guys.
0: Fresh perspectives on local and international stories is very unique and beautiful. It's a healing process. We have lots of joy. It's very important
1: to me putting my story out there.
2: The Wire, weekdays at 6pm on 2SER 107.3.
1: On The Money is recommended for mature audiences only. It may and probably will contain explicit financial language, strong business themes, economic violence, coarse financial accounting, nudity, and credit references. 2SCR recommends discreet listening once per week at 7pm Thursdays.
2: Welcome back to Film of Backland, where we're talking all things El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie.
1: Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's a sequel to Breaking Bad. Vince Gilligan wrote and directed it
2: is it a sequel or is it a new installment or is it a new chapter
0: yeah what does it matter
2: so I think it does it's not running like an episode of the television series is
1: it number two or is it the second part
2: so we will clarify that we are going to be we won't be doing spoilers there's not a spoiler session for El Camino but there will be spoilers for Breaking Bad the series there have to be so if if
1: you want to watch Breaking Bad but you still haven't go watch it now because it's brilliant don't, don't listen to us
0: or, or just <laughs> if you don't care because if you haven't watched it till now you probably don't care you're going to watch it so like but like you me. never know people
1: people are still getting around
0: to these these shows
1: absolutely it
2: got a lot of fever on Netflix eventually that's how a lot of its popularity apparently twenty
1: seven million people have already watched this film which is a good wow. number wow. Yeah. That's impressive but um so there's a lot of Breaking Bad fans out there but you never know um just you, a little bit of pestering from friends over the years and years and years. You haven't the seen straw, The Wire or Breaking yeah, Bad? Exactly. Oh, my the, God. The straw might just be breaking the, the camel's back for someone. So if, you, you know... Or you could be go like watch Breaking me. Bad. Don't listen to us. It's or a good you, show.
0: You know, or you could be like me where, you know, after years of pestering, you just give up and be like, I'm never going to watch this show because people just keep pestering me about it.
2: We think it. you should give up on watch Breaking Bad. It is the brilliant series from Vince Gilligan, which started in 2008 and included in 2013 with its finale, Or Orphelina. Six years later, we return to see what has happened to Jesse Pinkman following the events, immediately following the events of the series final six years ago. This was, is actually one of my favorite movies of the year. I really enjoyed it.
1: I thought it was okay. I think that the reason this exists is because people watched the finale and the finale is meant to give Jesse Pinkman a kind of, it's meant to give Walter White a redemptive moment that he saves Jesse Mm. Pinkman. But a lot of people came away from the finale saying, well, Jesse Pinkman's just screwed anyway, because obviously police are closing in. Um, So I think this film exists to try and fix that, to say, well, you know, give what Vince Gilligan intended to be a moment of, escape and salvation for Jesse and show that it could actually work out for him
2: it's also a way of clarifying that Walt White is actually dead and aside from I a bunch useless fan theories any, oh my god any show how? that
1: ends with the, the protagonist dying there's and always people b- saying oh but did he really die no, yes they, they've, they've no. clarified yes, now he, he really died.
2: really is dead
1: I'd like to I'd name some uh, other yeah. examples but you know uh, yeah. some I like, people I am like, like
0: not an angry with spoilers like, yeah. spoiler yeah. for this show unlike I I like, I like Sherlock which they actually did do fan service we're like oh you know <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah there's, we're not going to get into get angry Sherlock fans call again because we've spoiled right. something. And yes, it, a- the, 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 it was Scott terrible. Andrew
0: Scott is hot now, so it's all right. Apparently,
2: sure. Yeah. Um, so break, the Breaking Bad movie. Um, this did a number of things significantly. It did not retcon Breaking Bad, but it added layers to the original series. There is a final series confrontation between Jesse Pinkman and the. Uh, Jesse Plenum's character Todd who was one of the great new addition or continuing additions to the series and that final confrontation is given new light and new resonance by a very confronting and harrowing event one of the best sequences that occurred in El Camino
1: the thing about this film is um, even calling it a film it doesn't quite feel right it doesn't really feel like a film for me i've seen a few people say that it feels like an extended episode of the show
0: tv event movie yeah I mean, that's what yeah, it feels like it does yeah.
1: yeah some some aspects of it are cinematic but really it's it's an extended tv episode and that's that's not a problem that's just an observation but the issue for me is that it has great moments which would be would make for fantastic episodes of breaking bad like the confrontation with jesse Plemons, that whole sequence and the way that it ends fantastic um, it, it's really like top, top incredible level bad production stuff.
2: design and yeah. relevance of miniatures here.
1: Yeah, um, but th- the, that that whole sequence with Jesse Plemons, I think, is actually the. Um the high point of the film.
2: It's oh, great um, writing, great characterization. I distinguish with the one individual shot that is going to be endlessly copied um, of a number of Jesse Pinkmans running through an apartment. It's an aerial point of view shot. It was shot practically. Right. Um, and it takes place. You, s- you see the whole apartment layout. And you're yeah, getting to see this mimicked in the films amazing, for a long time.
1: Yeah, there's the, yeah Jesse Plemons' flashback is great. The apartment... Um, suspense scene is the great standoff
2: the western style the western
1: standoff season. is great now, individually these things are great but it doesn't really flow well for me it, it feels like a, a collection of scenes that would be great additions to breaking bad where they inserted back into the show but as a film it doesn't hold together that well for me and i think part of the, the reason for that is because it's made up of so many flashbacks and i felt like the, the tension and the flow as a narrative is quite disrupted because just by design it needs to give you all these flashbacks to earlier moments which by itself are good scenes but they serve the purpose to provide additional information that wasn't there in the original Breaking Bad so that these new it can explain... Why the
2: current plot of this film works? Okay, I like the Jesse Plenum's flashback. That was my favorite. The others, I don't. I agree, they don't serve a purpose. Some of it, it is was just fan service, fan service, like but Mike's and appearance, it's incredible it's fan there, so service because it's... it's nice to spend time with these characters. But I do appreciate, from a storytelling perspective, it wasn't as relevant. I will. I will give it that
1: the whole thing just kind of felt a little bit to me like his fan service like we get we get to have a flashback to Mike it's not that relevant to the film but it takes up a few minutes and if you're a huge Breaking Bad fan uh, Breaking Bad fan, you think great I get to see Mike again but it's undermining it as a movie which is what it's being sold as but
2: I think it did work procedurally for the simple reason that Breaking Bad has always worked not on these grand scale set pieces but on these procedural moments of how criminal might evade or might, might go about this or uh, do these small things um, and over of of episodes, and this was a return to that, and I appreciate that because most shows, especially ones of this caliber and notoriety, just don't go there.
1: Breaking Bad has always just been a um, an adventure show, I think. Really, like a um, a bunch of suspense sequences, and this this honors that with some really good ones. I would still recommend this to anyone who likes Breaking Bad, but I don't think it's up there with the best of Breaking Bad because, like no. a lot of TV show to movie transitions, and like a lot of um, times when people who've previously worked in a network and are then suddenly given. The um, freedom that net, that Netflix allows you, um, like as a uh, pitfall that a lot of them have fallen into, that I think this does is that it, Breaking Bad was so tight, and this is feels kind of undisciplined.
0: Part of my problem is, and you know, I was thinking about it as I was watching it: is why do we even need this? Well, yeah, Six that, years from now, that's right? what I was going you know,
1: into about, like, the, that it's fan service. I, yeah. I understand that it's needed. He might have thought, okay, I want to make sh- make it clear that it, it, the ending isn't just Jesse Pinkman screwed. I want you to think maybe Jesse Pinkman has a chance. Uh, yeah. um, but
0: sometimes, I, like that ending was perfect. At but it's the time. still, I, like, I, I, I think it still stands as an ending.
2: I think you can st- even watch this several you can years later it. Co- and compartmentalize it. Absolutely, you can I enjoy too, them yeah. as individual conclusions. I agree with that. Yeah, you, you could, but, but I, it still I, I, I didn't don't think feel
0: like... It doesn't feel like it's an alternate you know, timeline kind of thing. That would be cool, actually. <laughs> right. That would be interesting. But, still, it, it, but it, it still doesn't quite feel sounds, it, I necessary. think it happened a
2: year after. It would feel like a continuation. But this is feels a bit like speculation. And that's okay, because you can enjoy it. And I would compare it to early Breaking Bad. Purists, I don't count myself among this crowd, would say that Breaking Bad should have ended at the end of season four. And then season five, and after that, just an addendum, that Walter Walk's, uh, White's arc of going full bad happened when he poisoned brock well and you can can understand that and sheet five is an addendum but but then you can enjoy both on their own the
1: the issue for me with breaking bad getting off topic just briefly is that season five just existed for that reason if we have to show walter white going full bad and we have to show his downfall but i i know that walter white had corrupted himself so in so many ways up until that moment but it still felt like he just suddenly ratcheted to full evil, just in terms of the way that he was presented in season five. He He'd already been shown to t- be capable of evil acts, but the f- the show, in its treatment of him, kind of kept him, kept you on his side a bit. And then just suddenly it turned because it but felt did, like it was an accelerated tr- schedule to They did to treat hell. it as
2: a necessity and his reaction to Hank finding out that yeah. he had to accelerate what he was doing um, practically. And, he, but, and they also established that had Hank not found the notebook, he wouldn't have gone in that direction. So I, I, that didn't bother me so much even though I do agree that season 5 was it could have played out of a two whole proper seasons. Yeah, it felt
1: a little bit um compacted for what yeah. it was.
2: As did this in in fairness. I could have watched a few El I, could have, I could have watched this over several hours. I think um And so the so the flashbacks didn't hamper the, the some of the tension. I was going to
1: say that. If El Camino were, El Camino could have been an unconventional new season that where put puts the flashback moments in context so just has some prequel Prequel episodes and then flashes yeah. forward to some sequel episodes to end the, round out the season.
0: I, I had more issue with you're right exactly. I had more issue with the fact that this existed as a you know Breaking Bad movie mm. rather than actually exploring threats It's actually now leaving dangling for future things. You know, it's actually now it felt like a cash grab kind of moment to be honest in that sense. But, but it's good. To it. But it's the thing I
2: don't mind if they want to get some extra money of returning
0: to these it's, characters it's if it's good really the good. Sense, it's it's not it's not it's not really good. It's, I found it's it to good be all right. Yeah. It's like I found enough. it to be
1: good. I, I agree that it's good as a whole. I found the whole thing kind of unsatisfying because it's not really taking you to a surprising place. Yeah. Like I, I felt that the whole movie is just kind of um, like, even though there's good individual scenes, it, it didn't feel like it, it's necessary in terms of how it rounds out the characters or in terms of yeah. where it takes you to narratively.
0: And it's not, uh, you know, playing around with expectations that it's said Breaking Bad world is set. You know, it's still going back in, into that world with just the same ideas. And it's more nostalgic than it should want to be, you know, at this point, because it's six years. You know, we could easily... It's the whole Last Jedi debate, you know. Should you mess with the canon or should you not? Right. But it hasn't and messed and with the canon. It hasn't Exactly, Kong and, and that's kind of like... Boring, Right. Why, why you, wanted this,
2: you wanted to retcon Breaking Bad?
0: Yeah.
1: Is, or, or just uh, like take it in a different direction. Uh, yeah,
0: exactly. Like just more interesting and just, you know, reimagine certain things if you're going to do that. At least be more interesting that way.
2: Shout outs to
1: Robert Foster, rest in peace, who gives he a was really great, good. great last performance in this film. Um, oh yeah, shit, yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He died the day that this was released. A, yes. a great character actor. In, a, in the coming weeks we're going to talk about Jackie Brown as one of our movies of the week where we can really do... Justice, hopefully, in tri- making a tribute to his his performance um, and his career. Shout outs also to Skinny Pete and Badger for being just great friends. The whole the, for their whole yeah. sequence, I was thinking these guys also, are just like new the dimensions
2: best. to Skinny Pete. Yeah, I was yeah.
1: I was just thinking like, wow, these guys are just great people.
2: You want, the, you, <laughs> you, want you want these guys around?
0: You do, yeah. 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 Friends, <laughs> Yeah. Friends.
2: So that is Breaking Bad. So El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, it is stre- streaming on Netflix now. So the Art of Self-Defense which premiered at Miff and played at Suff is now screening at Golden Ageing. Catch it later tonight or next Friday or the following Saturday the 17th of November. We'll be back next week talking all things badly Ten of the port Call, New Orleans thanks to Sean from Geelong as our movie of the week. We'll also be talking thanks to Chanel from Bankstown Star Wars in the coming week. We're going to do that one closer to, closer to the, the, new the Star Rise Wars. of Skywalker. God, that title. You're coming around.
1: I remember when this came out I, I was just say, going The Rise of Skywalker and you're like like it's a fine title, no, but no. Does no, no. It's, it's the, the, tra- the
2: trailer look so uneventful? It looks like fine Star Wars. I should be more excited for episode nine. I'm yeah. I should be really
0: excited.
1: I think um, Come over to the solo side. solo and just the endless debates about and endless
2: Star Wars movies.
0: Yeah. yeah the, just, just kill them already. They're all the, bad. The
1: thing is so that don't need to I, exist. I liked I liked The Last Jedi, but now just constantly hearing the debate, it's like I'm sick of it. <laughs> you yeah, know, just yeah. like shut up, nerds. Speaking of which, shout outs to Marcus Scorsese, Ken Loach, and <laughs> Francis Ford. Coppola. Oh, are we getting
2: into this debate yeah, with 30 seconds left? Oh my God. We can talk about that week. We next, week talk about that next week if people want to. Yeah, also, what, also, what is also, cinema? Also, Pedro, yeah. Pedro. 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 Oh, yeah. Also. Shout out oh, yeah. to Pedro
1: Almedovar, who had the best anti Marvel <laughs> <Yeah>. comment. <laughs> he's not going to get harder, but he's yes. not, hard not, any not sexy. Marv, marv, he's right. Yeah, they're
0: totally need, sexless. No, they need to be more horny. That's what he said. Right. so funny. So be more horny. This has been Glad
2: of Valorous like Chris Evans of Rotten Rue. Stay tuned for the Sonic Assassin. Thanks for tuning in to Film Fight Club, let us know what you want us to fight about for our Movie of the Week. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy movies. Good night.